Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. The kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit in you. And what comes out of that kingdom is what comes out of the Holy Spirit into your life and to the lives of others. With Pastor Jay Petty. A very powerful kingdom that the enemy has no power over. That's why he's always trying to thwart it, contract it, destroy it in the lives of human beings. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Cause us to realize that we have a God of great power and dominion. We have a King who reigns and rules. We have a King who is able to overcome anything in this earth. Anything that we face, He's able, more than able, to demonstrate His great Power. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. In Genesis 3.15 is a real unique piece of scripture because it speaks to the birth of Christ, even though it doesn't say it. But it also speaks to the establishment of God's kingdom in the earth. In a few short pieces of uh, words. And he says, and I will put intimacy between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise, uh, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. It should be crush his head and bruise his heel. And it's interesting because this is right after the fall of man. And redemption, redemption, is already promised and proclaimed by God himself. And uh, that's a very important thing here because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God set it up from the very beginning of the fall of man. God gave this world to mankind when he handed it over to Adam. Adam must have been a brilliant man because he named everything that is named. And God gave him rule and dominion over the earth. That's why it's, it's so important that we understand really what happened at the fall of man. Man forfeited his right to rule. He gave it up. And mankind has been paying for it ever since. But what God did was unique when he says that God, through man, through man, that God was going to take it back. That God was going to take back what the enemy had stolen from mankind. In the end, we all know that uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. And so that's where I want to begin. But now there's prophecy foretelling this story. Isaiah 9, 6, 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful 
Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now says God, God is saying in Isaiah about this son, this Jesus that was going to be born. And he's declaring some unique things about him as the king and Lord over, the, over all of us. The number one, all the government of mankind rests on him. Now I'm telling you right now, you can look to Jesus and understand that this is all his. It all belongs to him. It's been his from the beginning. And God is, God is getting ready to do an amazing thing for mankind. And that was to, not just to redeem mankind, but to establish mankind in the earth. For 2,000 years, since the death and resurrection of Christ, the government of Christ has ever been ever increasing in the earth. Now, I'll tell you what, the enemy tries to stamp that out. Any chance he gets, he tries to stop anything, any kind of influence in the earth about Christ, no matter what it is. We can, we can look down through history, and we can see the picture of it over and over and over again, and yet this kingdom shall never be defeated, and this government shall never go under, though every other government may. Jesus was all man. Touch your skin. That's what he had. Touch your feelings. That's what he had. Touch your heart. That's what he had. He had all those things. He's just like you. And if you're born again and you have the Spirit of God in you, you're just like him right now. That's the kingdom. And that's what Isaiah was prophesying to, was that very thing. That his kingdom would never come to an end, no matter what. You know the battles that you fight, those spiritual battles that come against you? You know all that garbage that always comes at you? That's just the enemy trying to rob from you the kingdom of God and what God has given you. He uses everything in his arsenal trying to manipulate and control and lie and deceive to destroy this very thing that God proclaimed. And you know, want to know something? He can't do it. He can only lie about it. How many of you know that no matter what, if you're saved and born again, you're going to heaven? How many of you know that that cannot be taken away from you? Anybody ever have a car crash? 
with your life? Anybody ever run into a, into a hard wall with your life where it seemed like you're losing it all? And everything was, you, you, everything was falling apart. It was all coming a, apart. And you start crying out to God and who showed up? Who saved you out of those places? Who? The government of this world. The king. The Lord. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus was born. That's why we celebrate his birth. Because we celebrate a new beginning of what he was offering mankind. What he came to do. What Gene was reading this morning that even though he found himself in this flesh as a man, he didn't regard equality with God a thing to grasp. In other words, he didn't reach to the, and say, I'm God. I rule. I, I reign. He didn't do that. He just humbled himself. And just did what God wanted him to do. Now think about what I'm saying to you. That's where God works the best. Is when we work with him. In the way that Jesus walked this earth. Do you know something? Jesus was in heaven. Way before ever it came to the earth. In fact, the scripture says that everything that was made was made by him and for him and that nothing was made that was made without him. Nothing. He created the universes and the stars and he created the heavens and he created mankind. He was a part of every part of it. And yet, from the beginning, they decided to be incarnated into a woman to be like you and me. There's nothing you face that God won't give you the strength to overcome. There's nothing that you face that God won't be there with you if you'll ask him. I was telling a story yesterday about when Peter was on the water and and uh, just before that happened, there was a big old storm, you know, and the waves were coming over the bow of the boat, and the wind was blowing, and, 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 and here comes Jesus walking on the water, and he's just walking out there, getting ready to go across to the other side, and they see him and start freaking out. They freak out because of the circumstances. They're already freaked out because of the wind and the water, because of the storm. They thought that, that, that this could be the end for them. And many times that's really what it is. That's what Jesus came to save us from. Was those places where it seemed like it was all done. And our life was finished. And I love this story. Because Jesus did walk on the water. But it wasn't the walking on the water that amazed me. It wasn't even the fear of man that amazed me. It was the cry of Peter's heart for God to save him. And you know what Jesus did? He does the same thing for you and me. He stretches out his hand and he lifts us up. 
That's what the birth of Christ is all about. It's to raise us up. For him to reach to us. And to raise us up. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's for him to reach to us. And to raise us up. And to save us. Salvation is not just being born again. I'm telling you as a Christian, there are many times you need to be saved out of this or that. Because whatever it is, it seems to have gotten us. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, meaning that God will be with us powerful God is with us not some of the time he's with us all of the time there's no place that you walk that he isn't there's nothing that you walk into that he's not already present that's the uniqueness of it sometimes you know we're going through something that's for our benefit it's for our benefit to see his goodness and his grace reached out to us. That our cry of our heart will be unto him and that he will help us through and walk us through and save us through the very thing that we're walking in. Christmas is a wonderful time because it reminds us that God loved us enough to send himself to redeem us. That's what he did. Matthew 1.22 says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took uh, Mary is his wife and did not know her. See, in those days, if you were pregnant without a husband, they just took you out and stoned you. I'm serious, that's how it worked. You couldn't even think about having any kind of relationships with anyone outside of the context of what the law said. It's funny, God invaded that. He chose a woman to bear a child. Joseph was going to put, that, put Mary away quietly because he had great feelings for her. But when the, when the, when, when the angel showed up and when the Holy Spirit began to work, Joseph married her. I don't, I don't know if you realize how grateful we should be about what God has done for us. Because he invaded mankind. He invaded this earth. He even invaded his own law to produce this child. It said the Holy Spirit came over her. Wow, that's powerful. The Holy Spirit came over her. The Holy Spirit produced this, 
this amazing miracle, this amazing, wonderful thing in this incarnation of Christ in Mary. He's the same, but he's different. He's the same because he has the same flesh, but in the other instance, he was God. His nature, his character was different. That's the character he gives us when we believe in him. That very same character that he imposes into our hearts and our lives. The same character of God that dwells in our hearts. Now, sometimes we don't know how to walk with that and navigate that in our life. We, and that's what all this other stuff's all about. We're growing. We face this, we grow. We face that, we grow. But we have something in us that is greater than the thing that we're facing. God is establishing in us his kingdom. Has been for 2,000 years. A kingdom that cannot fall. A government that has more weight than any government in the earth. And we look at all these things that man tries to do. But he cannot. He cannot and will not tear down the government of God. In Daniel 2.44 it says, In the days of these kings of God, of heaven, will set up a kingdom which shall not be destroyed. And that kingdom shall not be left to, to other people. It shall break into pieces and consume all kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Now, if you want to know what God was doing in Christ... This is what he's speaking to. We have had kingdom after kingdom after kingdom ruling over all this world. But it says one day there's going to be a kingdom that will overtake all those kingdoms. Remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar had this dream about the, the, the gold and the, and the silver and the bronze and the potter's clay and the tin toes. And they said out of the, out of the earth there was this big old stone that was, it, had come out. And it came and it was thrown at this, at this dwelling of all these kingdoms. And when it hit, the whole thing fell and it's established another kingdom, the kingdom of God. I got news for you. That's what he's doing right now. But the way he's doing it right now is in you. I was going to wait to say this, but I'm going to say it. The kingdom of God is not eating, it is not drinking. But it is righteousness, joy, and peace, and power. It is salvation. It is anything that you can imagine in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit in you. And what comes out of that kingdom is what comes out of the Holy Spirit into your life and to the lives of others. A very powerful kingdom that the enemy has no power over. That's why he's always trying to thwart it, contract it, destroy it in the lives of human beings, in your life. 
Why? Because somehow he thinks he can stop God from what God is doing. You look at the end of the book, you can begin to see the true picture. At the War of Armageddon, when all the world is getting ready to destroy itself, Jesus shows up. It says he comes with a double-edged sword in his mouth. And he takes the power by the word of God away from the enemy of mankind. He destroys him. He doesn't kill him because he's thrown into a pit and locked into that pit for another thousand years. Do you know something? If the enemy did not exist in this realm, do you know what we would be living like? You know, we would never have any wrong desires. We'd never want to do any of the wrong things. We just want to live and honor and serve God with all of our hearts. See, that, that's the difference. When we begin to allow God's Spirit to come out of our lives, and we begin to walk in those things, that's what begins to take place in our hearts. We begin to want to lift up and praise and live for God fully. We want, to, we want to do those things. And anyone who's been born again wants to get closer to God. I don't care who you are. Anyone who's born again wants to know God. They want to get closer to God. They want to, they want to know who He is. They want more of Him and them. What is that? That's the kingdom of God in you. This kingdom that God is establishing is eternal. It's been prophesied from, from old that this day would come. And you know, there's another day coming when we'll be free of all the evil. Just not today. God gives us the power to live. The power to walk. The power to dream. It came through the birth of one child. That three wise men realized was a great king. You know the story is that they went to Herod first seeking to find out where this was happened. Herod didn't want any other king but himself. And as soon as he heard the Magi, as soon as he heard the wise men talk about this great king being born in Israel, he knew who it was. In fact, he summoned all the priests to come. And he told them, I want to know where this kid's being born at. I want to know. And they searched the scriptures and they found out that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. The promised Messiah. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Isn't it amazing how this king wanted to destroy 
this Christ. That's what sin does. It destroys. It eats you up. up, It eats you up on the inside. We go back to that prophecy that his kingdom would have no end. From the very point that he came here, the kingdom of God rested upon his shoulders for the kingdom of mankind. When Herod found out, he he told them a lie. I just want to come and worship him. I just want to go over there when when you find out, you come back and tell me. Me and my, my, my kingdom will go worship this king. But that's not really what he wanted. Do you know how long that star was in the air? Two years. Two years. So you know what Herod did? He wouldn't killed every kid that was two years and younger. Isn't it amazing that God came to Joseph and warned him in a dream and says, get out of here. Get out of here. That's the whole point. Is that's what he does for us. When we're in trouble, when we're in those places that we are having such difficulty, and the enemy comes against us, you know what that is? It's life. It's circumstances. It's a broken heart. It's a broken life. It's an addicted life. It's a life that gets caught up in, in tragedy. That's why he came. He came to stretch his hand out to you. And every time Jesus stretched out his hand, something happened. Whether it was to a leopard, or to a blind man, or to a dead girl. It didn't matter who it was. It's like he was in the midst of tragedy. And he changed that tragedy from darkness to light. Simply because he reached out. And touched. So the unique thing is that God hasn't quit doing that. Because now he touches through the spirit of God that he's given us. And he uses one another to accomplish that. It's in that heart of that believer reaches into the tragedy of someone else's life and changes their situation. That's Jesus stretching his hand out. That's you. That's God in you. When someone is hurting, remember that word, Emmanuel, God is with us. When someone is broken by loss or divorce or some other thing, it's God in you, God with us, 
that reaches out and brings comfort and peace or strength to another human being. That's what Christmas is all about. It's really about God himself saying, I'm going to give life to my creation. I'm going to reach out to my creation. No matter who you are. How many times have you been in your life where you've been in a situation where it felt like, I mean honestly, it felt like everything was going sideways? How many times? Who'd you turn to? My immediate response is, okay, Lord. <laughs> okay, Lord. Sometimes it's harder than at other times. Sometimes it seems impossible. It seems like there's no way out. And yet the moment that God speaks, the moment that God reaches, the moment that God touches, all of those things begin to change. I'll end with this one little story. I was out of ministry for about a year here, back a few couple of decades ago. And I remember I was working at Pennell Valley and I just remember I was just struggling. I had a good job. It wasn't about the money and about the work. But I remember I was way out in the Peak Wells down in the down by number four dam or someplace down in there. And pulled off the side of the road there and my partner went to sleep. So I got out of the truck and I started walking and praying. I just started praying and crying out to God. You know, when you're in the desert, you feel so lost. And that's the way I felt. And so I started crying out to God. And I walked up down that dirt road for an hour, just crying out to God. Crying out. That was the beginning of change. God began to move things and change things. That's how I ended up here in this church. I didn't come to this church because I just showed up. I came to this church because God spoke to me in an audible voice and he sent me. And he said to me, I want you to go help Richard. And I told God, I don't want to go to that church. And he said, I don't care what you want, go do what I tell you. That's really how he speaks to me when I don't want to do something. And one thing bloomed into another, into another. 
We're in a little church over on Euclid. And do you know, do you people who were here know what happened? We'd have church and there would be no chairs. It would be, that church was so full, it was, we had no place to park, we had no place to put anybody. It was so pushed with people. That's what God does. When you start crying out to God, God begins to move. God wants to reach us. He wants to reach us. He wants us to know that he wants to reach us. That he wants to work in our life. Sometimes you have to say, this too shall pass. Quit focusing on it. Because <coughs> that's what we do. Isn't it funny that something happens and we focus so much on that and then we ask God where he's at? He's always at the same place he's always been. He's been in you. Always. And God will work. God will move. God will do amazing things. We just let him reach out and touch through our lives those who are in need. Jesus came for that reason, my friends. He came for that very purpose. It was for you and me. And millions of others. That's what he came for. That's why he was born. That's why he grew up in, in this flesh and experienced all the same things we do. All the rejections and hurts and all the things that come against us, they came against him. There's nothing that Jesus didn't walk through that, you, that you're not going to walk through or haven't walked through. He, he knows everything about what it feels like to be in this flesh. He knows temptation. He knows desire. He knows the power of it. He knows everything. But you want to know something? He also knows how to help you in the midst of it. Why? Simply because he loves you and you are his creation. You, you, he knew you before the earth was ever laid down. He knew when you were going to be born. He knew what you were going to look like. He knew the things you were going to face. He's known everything about you from the beginning. He loves you. How many of you have done some wild things? How many of you have done some crazy things? Huh? How many, of, how many of you have been way out there? Well, come on now. Right? 
Isn't it amazing? We lived out there and we did all this crazy stuff and then one day we got saved. An amazing thing, how it changed us. Changed our direction, changed our position, changed where we were headed. That's the birth of Christ. That was the intent of the birth of Christ. So cause us to realize that we have a God of great power and dominion. We have a king who reigns and rules. We have a king who is able to overcome anything in this earth. Anything that we face. He's able, more than able, to demonstrate his great power in this earth. That's what he wants to do. He wants to illustrate the goodness of his being and the power of his name. That's what he wants. But the only way it works is when it works through us. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.